And now, from the News Hub studios in Auckland, it's time for the Fight Club podcast. G'day guys, welcome to Fight Club. Brad Lewis here. We'll be joined very shortly by co-host Stephen Foote, who's about to board a plane in Melbourne as he head back as he heads back to New Zealand. Um, he was cage side for UFC two three four on Sunday in Melbourne's Rod Laver Arena. What a afternoon it was. Started off in the morning with the news that Robert Whitaker, the UFC middleweight champion, was out of his title defense against Calvin Gastelum, which was the main event for that card. Whitaker suffering a hernia in his stomach also had a collapsed bowel. He had surgery before the card even got underway. Um, he did post uh, on Instagram earlier today. Um, he is doing okay. Um, and uh, look, there is a I guess a tentative timeline of six to eight weeks before he's able to get back in training. So maybe uh, Footy might have a bit more news on this. Maybe a uh, they'll run that back with Calvin Gasolim in May or June, that seems about right when you look at uh, the landscape um, at the moment with his illness. Uh, but all the best to Robert Whitaker. a massive blow to that card, but his loss was Israel Adesanya and Anderson Silva's gain as they got the main event slot. So we'll um, we'll chat to Footy very, very shortly about all the fallout from UFC 234. A shorter show today, we will be back here later in the week as we preview um, this weekend's massive card, the return of the former UFC heavyweight champion of the world. Kane Velazquez taking on Francis Ngannou in the main event of UFC on ESPN. That's a pretty stacked card as well, so we'll jump into that later in the week on a bonus episode for you. Uh, but coming up next, we'll go to we'll cross live to Melbourne Airport and have a chat to Stephen Foot via the wonderful, wonderful app that is Skype. The Fight Club Podcast with Brad Lewis. All right, let's jump across now to Melbourne and chat to Stephen, who's about to board a plane to head back to New Zealand. Uh, had a pretty epic day on Sunday uh, at UFC 234 footy. Firstly, what was Rod Laver Arena like as a as a fight stadium, given that it's made usually for tennis? I mean, yeah, I don't have too many UFC venues to compare it to, but it, it definitely held its own. I mean, it was loud in there. You know, I, I thought that it might have, you know, some of the noise may have sort of um, quietened off or they may have some of the, the volume they might have been expecting just because of the, the fact that Robert Whitaker was in there. Mm. But, I mean, everyone got it. I mean, all the Aussies, obviously, definitely loud chairs. A couple of the, the more sort of slobber knocker type rounds. Um, very loud, difficult to hear yourself. And, uh, and in the main event, I mean, at times it was just, yeah, yeah, piercing. And what a main event it was as well, on the edge of my seat, uh, doing live updates on newshub.co.nz throughout the afternoon, but uh, just an absolute striking clinic between two of the best strikers to ever do the sport, uh, and I got the feeling, Footy, I don't know um, you know, how, how you feel, I've watched the fight again, and I kind of felt that both guys were wary that the other guy could end them at any particular moment. <laughs> Yeah, I felt like Israel, you know, I've only seen it live. I haven't had a chance to rewatch it yet. But the, the initial impression I got was that, I mean, Israel just had so much respect for what artists, uh, for what uh, Silver, um, the threat that he posed. Mm. You know, he wasn't taking anything for granted. Um, but in the same note, I mean, once they sort of, yeah, there was that sort of extended feeling out process in the first round. Uh, but then when they sort of warmed to their work, I mean, it seemed like they were both just really relishing the whole sort of freestyle nature of the contest. I mean, at times they sort of mirrored each other almost. Um, and, you know, we got to see some of the classic Anderson Silva uh, trademark moves, you know, like the the, the, the head movement going yeah. back. Uh, Israel just, just missing him with their head kick. 
Um, and, and from my perspective, I think the fight played out like almost perfectly. I mean, without the knockout at the end, I mean, we got to see vintage Anderson Silver in there. We got to see Israel doing his thing. Um, you know, he, he did his star no damage at all. I mean, obviously just cemented himself as, you know, the, the USC's premier uh, middleweight talent. And yeah, all in all, both of them just uh, put on a show. I, I, was, I was stunned. And, and look, I, I scored the fight uh, 29-28, uh, had Anderson win in the second, but most pundits had it um, as a clean sweep for Israel, including two judges. Uh, but despite the fact that I did score the fight so close, never felt like Anderson sort of had Israel in any sort of trouble. Yes, it was a very technical fight, but most of the damage was being done by the Kiwi. Uh, he was landing the most significant strikes in that fight and was staying out of any particular danger that that Anderson Silva was trying to impose on him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people scored at thirty twenty seven. I thought Anderson did did pretty well in that second round. Um, he was you know, closing the range and getting some nice little dirty shots on the inside, and he definitely connected pretty flush with a few shots on Izzy. But um, yeah, I mean, Adesanya in the third round sort of brought it home pretty strongly there, and I think I mean, there's no doubt who won. Um, but what a yeah, I was actually impressed by Silva. I think that's the best we've seen him in a long time. I know he's already had two years off. But that was, it looked like he was as close to close to his prime he'd been in years. And as I said, there were real glimpses of Vintage Anderson Silver there. And um, and the crowd were loving it. And I was really surprised at how much the sort of the fan support was waving towards Silver. Yeah. Um, obviously he's such a he's such a huge fan favourite. Even at the weigh ins, I mean people just screaming out, We love you, Anderson <laughs> You know, just heaps of outpouring of emotion for him and um, yeah, I was surprised and people, you know, screaming out, Oh thank you know, Telling him to you know if this and if that and 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 knock and knock if and um not if and Adesanya out and all this sort of stuff, um yeah and yeah I would have expected a bit more support for the Kiwi but uh in the end it wasn't too 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 much of a sway either way. I, I do feel like Anderson was comfortable because he knew that no takedown was coming, so he was able to sit, he was able to fight comfortably, and that kind of played into his hands a little bit. But as I said, I do think that it was a rather comfortable fight for Israel Adesanya, despite the fact that the threat was still there. I did um, troll around on social media and uh, a few MMA websites uh, earlier today, footy, and a lot of sort of comment from uh, fans around the world is that Israel's undeserving of his number one contender status he hasn't beaten anybody he's all hype uh look I, I don't particularly buy into that um no one you know you're only hype until you beat a guy for the title <laughs> you know like i could i could list yeah. i could list 50 fighters in the history of um mixed martial arts that have been hype until they weren't hype like george st pierre comes to mind for one brock lesnar's another one uh so you know i i don't know what your thoughts are on that i could i know chris weidman came out and he wasn't derogatory towards um, Israel. He just said he thought that maybe he was a tad overrated. Um, you know, that, that may or may not be a fair comment. Uh, but but certainly with the landscape of the middleweight division at the moment, footy with, with Jack Array having lost recently, and he's lost to, to the champion viciously and Gastelum as well. Uh, you know, Weidman on the shelf, Rockhold going up to 205, Ramiro's lost to Whitaker twice. That there really is no one else um, in that contendership apart from Calvin yeah. Gastelum, who didn't get his fight yesterday. Exactly, and I mean, yeah, suddenly it's just very murky at the top there for the middleweight division. And I mean, judging by Asanya's comments post-fight, he's more than happy to. He's he's adamant that the next fight is going to be for the title. He's not going to um, buy out his time and fight someone else while Robert Whitaker recovers. But judging by what Dana's saying, he, they're, they're they're looking to run that one back. You know, that they think they're expecting four to six weeks recovery time for Whitaker. They, they, he confirmed there'll be no chance that they'll be stripping Whitaker. Um, I mean, we've probably 
we've heard these things before, I guess. Mm. Um, so you can't read too much into, you know, things can change pretty quickly. But I think they're going to give Gaslam a chance. You know, like he, he's travelled all the way over. He's done a lot of, he's obviously put in his bike camp. Even as he said, he felt a bit of sympathy for Calvin. He said after hearing the news and, you know, as a fighter, it was just like sort of struck him right in the heart when he sort of found out in the old via the group message with his dad in the morning. Um, but it was a really strange vibe because, you know, the, the, the previous two days, you know, the weigh-ins, the open workouts and such, I wasn't at the open workouts, but the weigh-ins um, and the press conference, I mean, there was just uh, such an awesome atmosphere amongst the Australians. You could tell they were getting amongst it. Um, the Melbournes, Melbournians, you know, infamous or famous for um, being so parochial when it comes to sports. And, you know, they were vocal all week. Um, so much love for Robert Whitaker. I mean, every time he spoke at the post-fight, at the pre-fight press conference, and so much love um, and I was just really bummed for them that they didn't actually get yeah. that, 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 that Whitaker it's, it's, you know not even speaking on a selfish level where I really wanted to see that fight but waking up to that it was a little bit deflating and coming into the arena that day was a little bit deflating and yeah. I couldn't really tell how many people were going for refunds you know that I had a chat to a couple of people asked them that they didn't consider taking a refund um, Dana White would tell you that hardly anyone opted to go get a refund and you know at the end of the day i mean the main event really delivered but i couldn't help but think after that after you know i was you know we were, i was just on a massive high after that flight you know me and don Rowe from from the spin-off were just sitting there kind of struggling to process the fact that there was <laughs> anderson Silva right there about to fight a new zealander um it was just crazy and just the just the way it all played out we, i mean we were just blown away and then to think that and, but there was just that little nagging thing in mm. the back of your mind where you're like, oh man, imagine if there was Robert Whitaker versus Calvin Gaslam after this. You know, five rounds of that to come. Where, where did he get I mean, that? Did he get that? Speak about how, did he get that bout from the merch stand, the one that he was working walking around with? <laughs> he got it from Kiri Cejudo. Cejudo gave it to him. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there were like Calvin's a wanker chance going up the yeah. entire the entire time, and oh mate, there were some classics coming up from the um, from the crowd. One of my favorites was during the Shane Young fight. There was a whole lot of bowling, Shane. Yeah, coming around the wicket, Shane. Having but, um, um footy, having been to two Australian uh, UFC cards, the the banter that goes on in the crowd in those quiet moments is as gold as it can get. Right. There's some yeah. great calls. It was so funny, and you know, a lot of people spoke about how you know this was the weakest pay per view card um, in a long time. Well, it was very top heavy to begin with, but then you take Robert Whitaker off that card. Obviously, it's just like heavily diluted, mm. and strange decision to bring that in. Oh, um, Vignata yeah. right out to the, to the I mean, just bizarre you know the female fight wasn't good but the others really delivered and the undercard was fantastic obviously Shane Young and Kaikara France two really good contests there both very close fights I thought yes. I, think, I thought Shane's could have been a split decision, decision as well and he was really wearing the pain of sort of the you know the, the battle scars rather after that huge long and I you know he, he wanted to go another three rounds you know you know Shane he's just like a bundle <laughs> of energy Hey hey, Freddie, um, you, you um, alluded so, to the Landover Nata fight getting shifted to co-man event against the guy that I've never even heard of that was six and four and Vanetta's obviously <laughs> probably the next biggest name that was on that card in terms of, of recognition so I kind of understand understand where the UFC was coming from but you know discussing with my mates we kind of felt that maybe the Jimmy Crute Sam Alvey fight could have uh, been promoted to co-main event status and when you got a yeah, when you got a show when you got a showcase guy like Devonte Smith who they wanted to showcase on this card he could have easily stepped up into that um, main card role and and maybe promoted Lando Venata to the feature fight on the prelims card yeah absolutely I, th- I thought for sure they'd bring up one of those Australian fights so that, and I mean yeah when when Crute when Crute came out that was one of the loudest cheers mm. of, of the evening that was 
accidental. And obviously the ref did him no favours on that sort of walk-off or what sort of been a walk-off KO. That was a that was a bit of a cluster F. And, and Dana White sort of didn't hold back and kind of savaged the ref afterwards. Terrible job, as, as he's wont to do. Um, but yeah, it was deafening when, when Kroot was out there. And it didn't go so well for the other Aussie on the card there, which Callan Potter coming in on late notice. Apparently he, a real veteran of the MMA scene over there, apparently had a really brutal weight cut. And um, I mean, Jalen Turner, rangy, um, just destroyed him. Absolutely, oh, just savaged him. That that liver, that kidney. He had him wobble with a knee in the first um, sort of ten seconds. Followed up with this brutal that kick to the kidney, and then he just folded him. And and Callum Potter was just it was it was an eerie silence after that one because Potter had to be helped to his feet. He was wobbling for a long time. It took a long time for him to get. For, for them to get him out of the octagon. Um, and, yeah, it was crazy. But, but one other thing about the Vinyada thing, Vinyada on the co-main event, just in the post-vice press conference, they bring them both out. First comes out Vinyada. He's, he's sitting there. Uh, anyone got any questions? And, you know, obviously John Morgan's got about three questions for every single fighter. So yeah. he chucks a couple out. <laughs> and then it's just like, okay, anything else? And, you know, deadly silence. Yeah. Next. No, no one really had any to say. Everyone was waiting for the, the Izzy and such. Yeah, which is why, but, which is why the know, Jimmy Crew decision would have made would have made more more sense having an Australian in that fa- fight uh, feature bout, bout. But you know, the UFC, yeah. uh, it is what it is. Hey, uh, just on Dana White, um, I found a couple of interesting decisions again in terms of the the bonuses for the night. I, I think the fight of the night was Israel Anasanya and Anderson Silva, so I have no qualms with that. Um, I question the decision to a not give some sort of bonus to uh, Quang. Ho Kang and Tarato Ushihara, who threw the house down in a oh, three minute fifty nine fight. What an absolute um, barn burner of a fight that was! But I, I, you know, Montana De La Rosa was dom- dominant. But I, I kind of feel that maybe Devonte Smith earned that by himself. I'm not sure if if De La Rosa really deserved to win that award. And Jimmy Crute was outstanding as well. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was quite baffling, wasn't it? I mean, even the fight of the night sort of turned a few heads. But I mean, I, I think that's pretty tough to to argue with. The, um, the first one with the Korean guy. <coughs> Fantastic. I mean, it was only four minutes, but probably a contender for the round of the year. I know we're in February, but you know that's going to be a, a, a leading one for, for the time being. But um, yeah, yeah, interesting. But you know, you alluded to it earlier with the two Kiwis having fairly razor close fights. I thought Kaikara France did enough in the Raul and Piva fight, but I do have to admit that I thought that fight could have gone either way. Um, I scored the fight to Kai, but I found the the the, uh, the third round particularly hard to score. Um, I thought the other two rounds were fairly um, one well not one sided, but but easier to score going either way. And Shane Young and Austin Arda, another fight that was borderline fight of the night as well. Shane Young's style is so so. Um, attractive to watch where he doesn't over exuberate himself he throws punches and bunches um, and he only sort of throws his power shots when he has a fighter in trouble and I thought the guy that he fought Austin Arnott was very crafty very technical changed his stance and that's a really good test for Shane to get out the way this early in his career yeah I mean Arnott was so much much bigger, wasn't he? And he was really using his range pretty well. He had his hands down. He was trying to lure Shane in, and he was connecting pretty regularly. That second round, he was really getting the run of the green, rubber the green after after Shane probably won that first round. But the third round, obviously, yeah, Shane really turned it on a bit. Put put a, put a few more combinations together, punches and bunches, as he said. And uh, just in that last fifteen seconds, where Arnett really, where they just sort of stood toe to toe. I mean, yeah. I was so nervous. I was like, Shane, what are you doing? Like. <laughs> You think something's going to happen, he's going to get knocked out. And then he ends up going the other way. And it gets clipped down to his knees with literally two seconds left. That would, would have been huge in the judge's eyes. And he was so pissed off with himself after that. You could tell. Um, just, ah, well, you know, he knew he'd thrown out the window any chance he had of a decision. Yeah. Um, and Kai's 
fight, I mean, yeah, it's same sort of thing. I mean, the third round, super close, you know, that's super close. And and it might have just been that last little takedown mm. and, the, and, and the sort of final 10 seconds. He didn't do much with it. He didn't have much time to do anything with it. But he had him on the ground, landed a couple of shots. But, I mean, who knows what would happen if um, Piper had had, what, another 15 to 20 seconds to work with on that um, sort of top-mounted guillotine yeah. at the end of the first round there. You know, that was that dangerous but i feel like kai was kind of throwing a bit of caution to the wind there knowing that the run was about to die out so um but you could see the um relief and sort of ecstasy on his face when that decision was um, read out and the, and the crowd were on the edge of their feet too no one really knew which way it was going to go mm. so but yeah got the result there for but, sure he was pretty he was pretty pleased and a good result for kai as well beating a guy who you know has has won i think 12 fights in a row was 18 and one just another step for kai kara france on this journey to hopefully uh you know get into the to the mix at, at flyweight I, I don't know you probably had a chance to catch up with with some of the ckb boys uh post-match but they must be pretty excited about going 3-0 on the night uh in in melbourne yeah, absolutely. You know, they, you know, they, they, everyone talks about the team environment there. You know, they were in the trenches working away, and you know, they, they all sort of, you know, the, the rising tide lifts all the ships, and they lift all the ships lifted, and they got the three and zero. And yeah, I mean, the, the run just continues for the gym, doesn't it? And I mean, you bring in Volks numbers to that. I think they're almost like thirteen and one over the past fourteen months or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. To think that Israel only made his debut a year. I ago. think it was three hundred and sixty-four days, precisely. Yeah. 11th, um, 11th of February. Incredible. And yeah. he's got five wins since then. Yeah. No. He wins and he's on the cusp of a title shot. It's absolutely freaking mind-boggling, really. Um, and, yeah, but, yeah, and long may it continue, man. I think there's some more guys waiting in the wings there. And, yeah, I mean, as Kai said about Piva was pretty game, you know. And, you mm. know, they, they say that that division's kind of thin. Um but, you know, they've still got a bit of talent to work with there. And, I mean, Pai, but he, he won, like, 12 straight fights or something. I think Kai ended a streak of 12 straight wins for him. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what sort of opponent Kai gets next. So he'll definitely leap up the rankings a fair amount, you'd say. You'd and the, and so. the same thing Shane. I mean, yeah, I'm asked Shane if there's anyone he had his designs on. And, but he was just happy to be back in there. You know, you would have thought that the wing would have meant a lot more to him given all the sort of the, the issues with his personal life and bit of battling with a bit of depression after his fight in Singapore last year would have added a bit more um, sort of to, to that win. But he, he was he was just happy to get back in there. Like that, 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 in, that in itself was a win to him. And he obviously he had those really like heartfelt comments afterwards, which were so well received by the crowd. Uh, you know, massive Tihei Mori orders going out during the awesome. during the fight. And, you know, you saw his performance at the weigh-in there, like with the big pukana and... Um, he was such a fan crowd favorite the, the entire the entire few days that I was there, and, and people are really getting to warm to him. And I think I think the USC is going to latch on and actually realize what they've got there in terms of a personality and star they can really breed for that division. Yeah, he's an absolute star. He's so charismatic. We we kind of got that sense when we interviewed him a few weeks ago. Hey, um, before I let you go, Footy, I know you got to catch a plane. Um, potentially worst haircut of the year in MMA goes to Ricky Simon. Would you agree with that? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I think um, Michael Bisping t- tweeted something like, is that is Joe Dirt fighting? But um, <laughs> yes. he mounted the cage right in front of me, got a good pick of it too. Looked resplendent uh, in, is, in, the, in the light. It was awful. How can he take himself seriously? And, a, and a, he looks to be an extremely exciting fighter. That fight was, was off the hook. I thought it was a great fight. And, yeah, that was great. But, but dude, man, like he makes Clay Guida look clean cut. Hey, mate. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is MMA. We've seen some shockers, haven't we? And I mean, <laughs> some of the fan experience that I've had over the last two days have just been absolutely hilarious. You know, at the Q&As, um, multiple, you know, there's a Q&A after the 
weigh-ins where Donald Cerrone was present, multiple people just challenging him, when are you going to come drink some piss with the Australians? We'll show you how to drink. We'll drink <laughs> under the table. Someone challenged him, he said he would drink him under the table, um, told him to bring it on, mother effer. One other guy sort of went up there with two massive rum and cokes, um, screamed for him to come down and drink some, some piss with the Australians, yeah. quote-unquote, and then just smashed both of the rum and cokes while the entire crowd went nuts. And <laughs> just spilling it all over his front. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. It was just a really good fan experience. They're, they're mad for it over here, man. Yeah. I mean, I was really surprised with the interest. You know, even this morning in the, in, the, in, the, in the papers, I thought maybe it would be a bit more buried in the back section. But, you know, once you get out of, once you get the AFL out of the, out of the way, which is always going to be, you know, number one around here, um, you're, you're right into the Adesanya stuff. And, yeah, um, yeah, definitely a lot of interest. I was, I was impressed with how popular it is. All right, footy. Well, we'll catch up again uh, later in the week. Uh, big card coming up uh, this weekend, so we'll have a chat about that. Francis Ngano against the returning Cain Velasquez. That should be a ripper of a fight um, later on or next or this coming weekend. So uh, travel safe, mate. We've got and, a, a few in a row, don't we? There's a few more pay-per-views in a row. Yeah, yeah, we've got some exciting, from yeah, till, yeah, some really good stuff coming up and on in the pipeline, so to speak, um, with the UFC. But I, I hope you had a good time, Forty. Thank you so much for having a chat to me um, and travel safe. Of course, mate. Of course, yeah, it was unbelievable. And looking forward to getting back home. Let's get into it another week. The Fight Club Podcast with Brad Lewis and Stephen Foote. Thanks very much to Footy. Uh, Myself and Stephen will catch you guys uh, again later on in the week, just a couple of days' time. Francis Ngannou, Cain Velasquez, UFC on ESPN, the return of the former UFC heavyweight champion from a two-year absence, uh, approaching three years, and Cain Velasquez, he has been on the shelf, uh, and he is main eventing that UFC on ESPN card against the uh, the brutal Francis Ngannou, who's looking for a second straight knockout win over a wrestler after dispatching Curtis Blades uh, late last year. That is a pretty stacked card, so plenty to chomp into on UFC on ESPN with footy in a couple of days' time. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the UFC uh, on Sunday out of Melbourne. Look, it wasn't the most stacked card I've ever seen, but the fighters certainly delivered couple of outstanding performances there. Of course, the Kiwis going 3-0. Shane Young getting the win over Austin Arnett. Uh, Kai Kara France, uh, a tough fight, but got the got the W against Roland Piver. And Israel Adesanya booking his UFC middleweight title fight with a win over Anderson Silva. He's happy to sit on that shelf and wait for Robert Whitaker and Calvin Gastelum to run it back. And hopefully, I guess, Anna, uh, Israel Adesanya could be looking at a middleweight title fight uh, somewhere later in twenty. 19. Thank you very much to the band Undercut for the intro and outro music. Thanks to Maggie Wicks and thank you very much to Stephen uh, for the chat. We'll see you in a few days' time here on the Fight Club Podcast. Fight Club.